0: Dark Charm presents Fun with Dirt, starring Denny Atwell, Justin Gregory, Miguel Pedroza, Robert Hunter, and Mac McCluskey as the Gatekeeper. A generator hummed in the darkness as the sound of shovels digging in the ground filled the air. A burly man picked up a medium-sized tombstone and firmly planted it inside the earthen divot created for it. He then took his extended thumb to his throat, mimicked slicing, and in a gravelly and deep voice muttered,
1: Rest in peace.
0: Dude,
2: do you have to do that every time we bury someone? Come on,
1: man. If you can't have fun at at being an actual bona fide undertaker, then it seems you can't have fun at all. Sheesh.
2: Harry, you told me this job was going to be temporary. We've been doing this for three years now, and what do we have to
1: show for it?
0: Harry stood up and brushed the dirt from his dark gray overalls.
1: (sighs) Other than really no longer having a fear of graveyards at night, Jay, not much. Speak for yourself, man. I still get the creeps coming out
2: here at night. I like when Old Man McGee lets us dig during the daytime.
1: Yeah, especially when there's a chance to see the finest people.
0: Jay and Harry turned on a high-powered flashlight as Jay cut off the generator and rolled up the power cords. What's that supposed to mean?
1: What do you think it means? It means that some of the weirdest, strangest, and downright sexiest people seem to show up at this cemetery. I mean, come on! All you have to do is look back to our work last week. Give me a hand with this generator, will ya?
2: Look, just because we buried a former supermodel and all her friends and colleagues came to see her off doesn't mean
1: that's an everyday And what about the fucking clown convention that came the day before, huh? Tell me that doesn't plead my case.
2: He got hit by a bus while making balloon animals. The kids that came to the funeral were heartbroken. They don't have exclusive clown cemeteries. Where do you think
1: they were going to fucking
2: burn? And it? the day before that? Well, what about the day before that?
1: That was a normal funeral. <laughs> you mean to tell me that Grope Fest was a normal funeral?
2: It wasn't a Grope Fest, dude.
1: Jay, the older women that were there were feeling up all the younger men. I really hope that some of them weren't their actual family. Hell, I saw one young grandmother grab the ass of a younger guy standing right next to her in the middle of fucking prayer. He basically had a heart attack.
2: That was her husband.
0: Just because she's a cougar doesn't mean- A sound coming from the wooded area interrupted their banter near the cemetery. Harry and Jay paused. They looked around cautiously as they put down the generator.
1: Did you hear that? yeah it's probably some deer or something come on
0: from out of nowhere a shadowy black figure jumped from the woods and ran towards harry and jay his hands were up above his head waving wildly and the tips of the hands were sharp like claws Where the face should have been from the apparition was that of a yellow-tinted skeleton. Uh,
3: Booga, 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 booga,
0: (laughs) The apparition started laughing very humanly as Harry and Jake crouched down in a fetal position in fear. Once they realized that they knew to laugh, Jake stood up. Damn it, Clarence. The apparition took off the mask to reveal an elderly, bald black man with white temples of hair laughing down at them.
3: I thought you two boys were from Baltimore. Would be a little bit more fearless, but you two tuckers cower like babies.
1: (laughs) (sighs) You should have been glad we didn't have our gats with us, Clarence. You'd been dead.
3: Don't bullshit me, big man. Don't play no Baltimore stereotypes around here. Your ass ain't got no firearms. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. No, K, boys. Let's get to it and finish this shit up. I want to get home to the missus.
0: Clarence walked away from them towards the van in the distance. Harry shook his head as he got his breath and picked up the generator again. They walked toward the van.
1: Man, that dude one day is going to give me a fucking heart attack. As to what we were talking about, yes, yes it does. Last thing I should see at a funeral is grab ass while someone's being put in a hole. It just seems weird.
2: Well, what do you expect?
1: Statistically, women are at their horniest
2: during funerals,
1: did you know that? Even so, remember what happened last week? Something screwy seems to happen around here almost every week since we've been here. We're gravediggers. This shit happens, man. Look... When we moved up to Boston to see if we could get our screenplay seen by someone who could actually fucking help us, you stated that it was only gonna be a matter of time before someone came calling on us. It's been three years, Jay, and I can't stand another imbecile coming up to me and saying Go socks or have bad Them Pats, eh? Jay opened up the other door in the back of the van.
2: Or Pock the cat have a yad. I can't get around their accents here, man. There was a faint sound of
0: snoring as it looked like Clarence was sitting inside already asleep. God, he goes to sleep
1: quickly. You know, they probably think the same thing about us, right? Hey there, let's go down the ocean, horn. Let's go and sit on the steep and wash our clothes in the sink. In fact, we need to go get some oil in our car so we can go get some old bay for our crabs. Two dudes from Baltimore coming up here with their Ravens gear. Old man McGee finds
2: it ironic that his two Undertakers are Ravens fans. Why is that? Come on, you can't be
0: serious. Harry looked confused. Jay closed the back of the van.
1: Quoth the Raven, net I'm all. Oh, it's because Poe was such a macabre
3: motherfucker. Alright, now listen, I tell you what, you two macabre motherfuckers better shut the fuck up. I'm trying to get some sleep before I see the missus. Did you get me? Jay commented as he poked his head into the window.
2: What, you don't plan on sleeping tonight?
0: Harry started to chuckle as the elderly man grinned. Jay pointed at him to signify he was right on the money. Both guys went to their respective sides of the van and got in. Harry didn't drive much at night due to his eyesight. So night shift, Jay took the wheel while Harry was in passenger. The day shift was in reverse. They closed the doors and both collectively sighed as Jay put the key in the ignition and turned the van on. The digital clock on the dashboard read 4.30 a.m. Clarence was softly snoring in the back.
2: Well, that's it for today. But it's payday today, man. Let's go get
1: some breakfast. Aw, man. I think I just need a nice hot shower and a bed for at least six hours. Besides, Clarence needs to get dropped off. And you know McGee's probably going to call us in early. I got tomorrow off. What? When was I going to find out about this? Let me guess, it's that girl Vicky. That girl you're seeing, Vicky.
2: Relax, dude. It's not like she's moving in or anything. Hell, she technically isn't even my girlfriend yet. I'm just going as an assistant chaperone with her third grade classes, all.
0: But Jay. Don't you dare mention the screenplay. Harry puts his arms around wildly in the air as Jay pulled out into the busy street.
1: How can I not mention it? She took one look at the screenplay and said, uh, it's okay, I guess. She doesn't support what we're trying to do
2: at all. It's not that she isn't supportive, dude. She doesn't have time to do all the things we have to do to work it or get anything done. She is a school teacher, you know. She's grading papers and
0: doing lesson plans and shit like that. They rolled down the road in some small semblance of silence until Harry ended it.
1: I think I'm gonna change my mind. Let's go to Cracker Barrel or something.
2: You got money for Cracker Barrel? I was thinking about McDonald's or Burger King. Something where we didn't have to get out of the van. Driving to Tewksbury is not something I want to do tonight.
1: Jay, if I stay in this van, I'm going to be liable to fall asleep and end up like Clarence back there.
2: Harry, we're covered in dirt, and we are grimy, filthy, and disgusting in these overalls. I'm not taking a chance of walking in there with these bad boys on.
1: Then take them off. We can take them off in the back of the van and go on in.
2: You can take yours off and go in. I didn't
1: wear anything underneath mine. <gasps>
2: you went commando! You sound surprised.
1: It hasn't been the first time. Old Man McGee found out about this. He's got a fire ass. He already gave you two warnings.
2: We're not going back to the funeral parlor tonight anyway. Old Man McGee isn't even going
1: to now. Besides, you know if I
2: wear too much clothing during work, it chaps my legs and shit.
1: That's because you didn't get a proper sized overall. That should give you the comfort you need and the ability to still wear clothes under it. I'll compromise with you. There's a Denny's down the road. We can stop
3: there. Good. Then I can get some sleep and not hear you two no more considering you two dickheads don't shut the fuck up.
0: Two days later, Harry got out of the van and walked the long pathway toward the McGee Funeral Parlor. He noticed that Jay was still outside smoking a cigarette
1: while sitting on the marble steps. Dude, McGee sounded pissed. What's going on? Beats the hell out of me. Well, we better go and find out what's going on.
0: They were intercepted at the door by Old Man McGee. He was a gaunt and almost lifeless-looking man. He seemed to epitomize the role of almost every mortician one could see all over the world. Harry thought that the man worked with the dead so long he had become one of them. His stare unnerved Harry and Jay, to the point a shiver came
4: down their collective backs. If you boys dug graves like you tell stories, you wouldn't have a job right now. Harry looked at Jay confusedly, and then back towards McGee.
2: Sir, what
4: are you talking about? We're one of your best teams. Yes, you guys are. But if you keep leaving your scripts and your screenplays and shit like that in the morgue, I will throw them away. No exceptions next time. This is a funeral home, gentlemen, not a library. Wait a minute, Mr. McGee. You looked at our script?
0: Old man McGee rolled his eyes and handed him the small stack of papers that amounted to their script and started to walk
4: away. Miss Redgrave is ready for viewing this afternoon. The funeral service is tomorrow and I want her grave dug this afternoon. I want you two to go down and take the measurements for the coffin. The family wants the deluxe package. The
0: door of the parlor shut forcibly into their faces as they looked at each other. Harry broke the growing silence.
1: Old people. They only like old man stuff like John Wayne and Gone with the Wind and shit.
2: I don't know dude. Old man McGee is pretty cultured, even if he looks like a walking corpse. Maybe he just didn't like what we... what he read.
0: Harry started walking towards the back of the basement entrance of the funeral parlor.
1: Come on, let's get these measurements done. I want to be off tonight before wrestling comes on. You know,
2: that stuff is not the same as we're used to as kids. Hell, they even got writers now. And it sucks. I can barely watch it anymore.
1: Yeah, but I'm in high hopes that things will get better. Dude! We don't live that far from Stanford! Let's get a job at WWE! We could do better writing than those fucks they have right now!
2: The smell of formaldehyde gets stronger in here with every day, man. You'd think that we would be used to all that by now.
1: <sighs> uh, I'm starting to think we don't smell formaldehyde, but old man Mickey's personal clone. They
0: both walk into the dark basement. Harry closed the door just as Jay flipped the switch, illuminating the downstairs area. The morgue was attached to a cleanup center and smelled like a combination of bodily fluids, embalming fluid, and human body odor. It was enough to make Jay want to puke.
2: I hate coming down here. It always makes me stomach turn. I'm glad I didn't have breakfast.
1: I don't see what gets you sick. It smells like my grandma's house back in Locust Point. She lived near the funeral
2: home. No wonder it smelled like that.
1: Nah, it was actually the- I was actually in that parlor once for my great aunt's funeral. It didn't smell anything like grandma's. Jay shook his head
0: as he walked toward the doors that held the remains of several people inside. All of them had drab colored sheets over them. Harry walked down the row, looking for Mrs. Redgrave's tag, which dangled off the left toe of the deceased. Harry found her three gurneys down as Jay pulled out the measuring tape.
1: Okay, lift the sheet. What? what if she's gruesome? How long have we been doing this? I know, it's just that the gruesome ones creep me out every fucking time. How come you don't have this problem when I lift the sheet? It's because I'm paying attention to the numbers, not the corpse. Damn it.
2: If you're going to pull the sheet, and I've done it three times in a row, who knows? Maybe Miss Redgrave was a looker.
1: It says here she died of natural causes. All right, I'll pull the sheet. Harry
0: pulled the sheet off of Mrs. Redgrave's body. Aside from the cut marks, stitch marks, and the smell of embalming fluid, she looked mostly like a mannequin. Jay began his duty of pulling her measurements. Harry started feeling a little more comfortable.
1: She doesn't look half bad. I bet she gave her husband a good time once upon a time ago. You are one morbid son of a bitch. I would have said the same thing if she were alive, man. There's nothing morbid about it.
2: That was someone's grandmother. Or someone's mother. Couldn't you show a little decency for at least
1: that? I would have loved Mr. McGee to give us some decency for our script.
2: So now you're thinking the script's that bad now.
1: Nah, I have faith in our script.
0: It sucks! A voice, very different from both Harry and Jay, came out of nowhere. Then they looked around the room but found no one there. Both turned to look at each other, but they didn't speak.
1: Was that you? Nah, man, that wasn't me.
0: Alright, Clarence, you got us again. Come on out.
3: Down here, darling! It wasn't (laughs) Clarence.
0: It was me. Both of them looked down to see the head of Mrs. Redgrave turn toward them and open her eyes. Her mouth opened to reveal a darkness unlike anything they had ever seen. Your
3: script sucks!
0: Simultaneously, Jay and Harry screamed and ran for their lives out of the morgue and up the basement steps, stumbling along the way. They ran as fast as they could to the entrance upstairs as Old Man McGee came walking out quickly from the parlor.
4: Hey! The hell are you two doing? I have guests coming for a funeral soon. Where are the measurements for Miss Redgrave? She needs to get in her coffin.
0: Harry tried to speak through his short breath as well as his panic.
4: M- m- Mrs. Redgrave, she she, and for God's sakes, Mr. Osgood. You have a wet stain on the front of your overalls. I really hope that's spilt formaldehyde and not anything else. She She spoke. Mrs. Redgrave spoke to us downstairs. Listen, I don't know what's gotten into you Baltimoreans since this morning but you better get your shit together. Mr. Redgrave is paying us very good money to get this service underway tomorrow, and by God, it will be done. Look,
1: look, Mr. McGee,
4: just come with us down to the Morgan Sea. She came to life right before our eyes. All right, just to make sure the two of you don't screw this up.
0: Mr. McGee says he walked off of the porch area and down the steps of the front yard, visibly upset that the two had disturbed his planning. The three men entered the morgue moments later and looked at the body of Mrs. Redgrave, who was still in the same condition he left her in two hours ago. You know, you could have put the sheet back onto her body, gentlemen. McGee paused as he noticed that her head was indeed tilting to the left, just like they had said. McGee chuckled.
4: <laughs> okay. I see what happened here.
0: Old man McGee set Mrs. Redgrave back in her proper position.
4: The body slumped over, there wasn't enough embalming fluid to keep it rigid, and her head turned. What you two morons thought was talking was probably leftover gas. And that's it. Now I have to talk to my son Craig about it tomorrow. But well, what
2: about the noise?
4: She pronounced words. She talked to us, Mr. Major. As I said before, there must have been some latent air in the pockets of the body, and that caused her to talk to you as well. You see, all this can be explained away with science and common sense, which you two fucks don't have in either capacity.
0: He saw the notepad that Jay had left near the
4: gurney. Look, I'll take the measurements to Gary for the coffin. I should think that we have the style Mr. Redgrade preferred. You two remember this when digging. Like you always do, and things will be fine. Just get a grip on it, gentlemen. Old Man McGee
0: walked out of the morgue and up the ramp like nothing happened. Because in his mind, nothing did happen. And he didn't care about what Harry and Jay saw. He rationalized it away. Harry turned toward Jay and then back to the corpse of Mrs. Redgrave.
1: You pissed her overalls. I did more than that, dude. I think I may have sprained something on the way out. I was so scared.
0: Jay walked up close to the body of Mrs. Redgrave and grabbed the sheet.
2: Well, we have what we came for. Let's put the sheet back on her and get out of here before Craig comes back to dress her.
3: Why? you wanted to see me naked come on young man aren't i a looker
0: jay backed away and almost knocked over a tray of tools that were nearby harry just stood there stunned
2: We're, we're we're sorry about that wait what am i saying
0: you're dead
3: not as dead as your script that thing sucks so bad i'm actually looking forward to help
0: mrs redgrave sat up and looked at harry and jay bones cracked and popped as she moved. Harry once more confronted with the idea or hint that his script was terrible, decided that neither dead nor alive that he was going to take an empty criticism
1: any longer. Alright, alright. Okay then, if it stinks, why does it? I'm tired of empty criticism.
3: There you go, boy! You got some balls on you! I like that, man. Hell, if I was still alive, I might have taken you for me. As for your script, It's just all wrong. I don't know what else to say. It's full of cliches, story plots that ain't been done in Hollywood for ages. You want to do something original, but you want the executives to actually take a chance on something new,
0: right? Jay swallowed his heart back into his chest, realizing that the woman wasn't going to eat him or possess him or kill him in any way.
2: Wait a minute. Why does a corpse want to help two guys from Baltimore write a script? This all seems pretty surreal. Why don't you go back to the realm of the dead where you belong?
3: Apparently, somebody on the other side thinks so highly of you two that they set up a deal to take care of this very predicament. Time is short for me and all the others here, as you know. But there'll be other dead bodies coming. And they'll give you two ideas and critiques and tips on how to make the best script the best thing that come out of Hollywood in the 80s since John Hughes. Now get to work. Come back later.
0: And with that, she laid back down and tilted her head back the right way just as Craig, the son of Old Man McGee, walked into the room. He wasn't as gaunt as his father, but did possess some of his father's less endearing qualities. Jay thought he was also an asshole, most of the time.
3: He laughed looking at the two. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, Go right, we'll dig your grave, boys. And uh, when, when you're done, come back tomorrow morning for the funeral to all my bigger guys called out for tomorrow. And I need, I need attendance to replace them, Right.
1: Will we have any grave digging duties tomorrow? No, 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 no. I'll, I'll have the other two
0: teams take care of that. Craig responded as he walked back towards the corpse of Mrs. Redgrave. He then stopped and turned around and looked straight at Harry. Hey, uh, um,
3: hey, hey, big guy. Hey, come here, come here. Uh, you, you might want to change your overalls, all right, before you go out there. All right, you smell like shit. Just, I'm just saying.
0: Harry's eyes widened as he swiftly turned around and walked out of the morgue. Jay followed briskly behind him. They remained ever so silent until they got to the van.
1: I need to go by my place first and change my, well, you know.
2: Someone on the other side is looking out for us. Did you hear what she said?
1: Yeah, but who? And what if if the price of the most amazing script ever is our souls?
2: She mentioned nothing of payment to be made. But maybe we
0: can find out more information later. Harry started up the van and pulled out of the parking lot, heading to take care of the day's duties of digging, sweat, and fruitful discussion. While their minds were set on the situation, they just found themselves actors and pawns in a supernatural play. You've been listening to Fun With Dirt, a Dark Charm Media production. Guest starring Stacy Atwell as Lana Redgrave. Edited and directed by Danny Atwell. Dark Charm Media 2021. All rights reserved.